today as we continue on in our series, how many know, just like in the video, sometimes Christians say dumb things, right? Dumb stuff. And, and sometimes it's just well-meaning. It, it's not anything uh, that's intended to be harmful or whatever, but people are going through stuff, right? Uh, we're going through maybe marriage challenges, uh, maybe financial strain, and then sometimes it, it's not bad stuff, it's good stuff. Like you volunteer at school, you know, for your kid's school, and next thing you know, you're chairman of the PTO or PTA, uh, you know, they just have a way, of, oh, here's a willing person, let's just, you know, keep giving to them. And uh, next thing you know, work's a little more stressful than it was. Maybe somebody resigns and you're having to take on their responsibilities. Maybe you have a health challenge or maybe your parents are aging and now there's extra stresses there. And, and what happens is, how many have experienced this? You get to the point where you're like, I just don't know if I can take one more thing. Or, or maybe you know someone that's like that, that's just like, I, I just don't know if I can take one more thing. And here's what happens often, is, is if they know a Christian, then a Christian comes alongside and says, oh, don't worry, God won't give you more than you can handle. To which you're ready to punch them in the face, right? Because it's like, I think I've already, I'm already there, you know. So, uh, but here's the thing. Is that even really in the Bible? Is that really in there to say to somebody, well, and, and I know we mean well, we're trying to comfort them, we're trying to, you know, encourage them in that, but are we actually misquoting Scripture? Well, I believe that this phrase comes, like was mentioned in the video, it comes from a passage of Scripture that talks about something different than suffering. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be what? Tempted. Notice that word. Tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. I want you to notice that the scripture is talking about temptation. Temptation and suffering are two different things. Temptation is where we have a choice, right? And in temptation, you, you have a choice that you can make. But in suffering, quite often, we don't have a choice. And sometimes the suffering comes from a family member or whatever, Okay, now at home, don't point across the living room, all right, if they're in the room right now. But, but, you know, other people's choices can affect us, right, and, and mess with us. And, and sometimes we go through suffering and we go through things 
that aren't our choice. We didn't choose this. But temptation is different. Let me illustrate it this way. There's a man by the name of David in the Bible. Many of you know who David is. Uh, if you're familiar at all with the Bible, you maybe have heard of David and Goliath. And after Goliath, then he got on a track to where he wound up being king over Israel. And one day, after many successes in battle and having a, a palace built and just was living pretty much on top of the world, he was on top of his house. And as he's on top of his house looking over his kingdom, he notices one of his neighbors, a wife of someone else, taking a bath. And he had a choice to make. And what David did is he chose to stay looking at this lady and ends up sending for her, ends up, I'll speed the story along, ends up in adultery and ends up with an unwanted pregnancy then. And, and so to cover things up, he actually has her husband murdered. So it's a terrible situation. But David had a choice. Another person in the Bible, similar kind of situation. Joseph is working for someone. Uh, it's a good opportunity. Uh, he's eating pretty well. He's, his working conditions aren't bad. Uh, working for this powerful man. But the Bible describes Joseph very detailed. And it says, he was good looking and well built. He was a hottie, okay? I mean, he's hot. And so the man that he's working for, his wife takes a liking for Joseph. And she keeps coming on to him, and he keeps trying to ignore her. And, and finally, one day, she's got everybody out of the big house that they had. And, and she says, hey, hey, everybody's out of the house and, and there's the bed, and here I am, and it's just the two of us, and, and let's do this. And she grabs him by the coat. And here's what Joseph does. He leaves the coat in her hand and runs out of that house. He had a choice. And see, the Bible says... When you're in a situation of temptation, God will always give you a way out. You can choose a different path. You don't have to keep looking. You don't have to keep staying there. You don't have to keep... You can leave your coat and run. You can get out of there. But listen, God does often allow more than we can handle. He does. And when it comes to suffering, when it comes to difficulties, when it comes to challenges, let me prove it to you in the very life of Jesus. Matthew 26, verse 38, here's what Jesus says. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus says, I feel like I could die. I'm so overwhelmed. 
I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, it's so, so intense. There's so much going on because he's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to be crucified. And, and so Jesus himself says, I felt like that. Overwhelmed. Totally overwhelmed. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 88. It, it says, darkness is my closest friend. That sounds like a good country song, doesn't it? Darkness is my closest friend, you know. Lost my dog, my beer's warm or whatever, you know. All right, let me get back, all right. So, so darkness is my closest friend. So sometimes the Bible says you can feel that way. And, and let me tell you this. It's okay that you feel that way. We all can go through things. But here's what I want you to know, and we're going to see this in a moment. God is with you in the mess. And even in the mess, he can make a miracle out of it. He can even work through the mess to bring purpose in our pain. So here's where I want to go today. I want to give you two things that you can learn in hard places. All right, that, that often you won't learn these in easy places. You, you won't learn these in the e, on the easy path, the easy road, but in the hard places, these are powerful lessons that you can learn. And here's the first one, is to trust in God's presence. You learn to trust in God's presence. How many of you know that when things are good, you don't pray as often. How many honest people are in this room today, right? Maybe your church attendance, when things aren't as good, it goes up. You, you somehow get time to get to church. You somehow have time to read the Bible. You, you somehow have time to, to, to grow in faith. Maybe attend one of the classes that we have because you're like, man, I, I got to get some help here. And even the Israelites, the Bible points out that the people of God often fell off, fell away when things were going good. And then things would go bad and they'd get back to God. they get closer to God. When things get rocky, you know, they, they would call on the Lord. Maybe you've been with somebody who claimed to be uh, maybe... Uh, you know, a non-believer or claimed to be an atheist was sitting next to you on the plane talking about God or whatever, how they don't believe in God until turbulence. <laughs> and then you heard them praying. <laughs> or, or maybe they asked you to pray. I don't know if he's up there or not, but pray, you know. And, and so all of us can sometimes, we, we do better when tough times come. Our trust level goes up. Let's read what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, and, and he's going to share some things that helps us to understand where, where problems come in, God shows up. Okay, God shows up. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Now, watch this. We were under great pressure. 
far beyond our ability to endure. Notice that phrase. It's more than we could endure. So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? Paul says, I'll just be honest with you. We didn't think we were going to make it. We, we thought this is it. It's over. Have you ever felt that way? Paul says, that's how I felt. I felt like this is so rough. This is so tough. that The pressure is on so intense that I, I just don't even know if we're gonna make it. But, but here's what he says. God's trying to get our attention because look at the rest of verse nine. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, Paul says, here's what happens. When life's going good, we kind of rely on ourselves. We, we kind of make our own choices and decisions. But he says, what happened, what was good about us feeling like we're going to die is we started to rely on God because he can even raise people from the dead. That's the kind of God that he is. So never, listen, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God in your life. See, you may go through a storm. You may go through some difficulties, but that doesn't mean God's not there. The psalmist said in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. What do you do when it gets dark? You call you call on him. You trust in him. You trust in his presence. And listen, no person can keep you from your destiny. You know, you know that situation with Joseph and, and this guy's wife, he, he wound up getting locked into prison, which seemed like, oh, wow, that, I did the right thing, and look at what happened to me. But let me tell you something. Joseph believed my story isn't over yet. The last chapter hasn't been written. There may be somebody even watching from prison right now, and I'm telling you the last chapter of your life has not yet been written. God can take the bad things, the, the disappointments, and turn it around. I heard about a businessman who had worked for a company, a home improvement company, for over 30 years, and then they brought him into the office, and they said, hey, we're doing some corporate restructuring, and we no longer need your position, and let him go. Now, listen, he had a choice. He could have could have got bitter and just gone home and sulked or whatever, but here's what he decided is, I'm better than this. And he got with some friends, and, and they began to work together on building their own home improvement company, and they called it the Home Depot. Maybe you've heard of it. 
It's now one of the most successful home improvement companies in the world. And it happened because this guy got let go from his position. But he said, hey, hold on. I don't think this is the end of my life. I don't think this is the last of my story. And, and listen, there's a God who's up in heaven who didn't get shocked that day when he got laid off. God wasn't in heaven saying, oh, he got laid off. Now what are we going to do? No. God saw it coming and worked it together for good because that's the kind of God that we serve. Somebody help me today. Your setback can be a setup for a comeback if you'll allow it to be. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Yes, you may go into the fire, but check it out. There's somebody else in the fire with you, and he that's with you is greater than he that's in the world. So that difficulty, God wants to try our faith. The Bible actually says God will try our faith in the fire. He'll try our faith in the fire to prove his power in our lives. Now, not only do we learn to trust God in his power, but we can tap into, or in his presence, but we can tap into God's power in our life as well. God's power can come to us. I want to read another story, and this is one where Paul does some posting. Anybody do some posting of of what you're going through, you know, don't you just love those friends that post all the time about what, how terrible today is and whatever and, and things like that. And I'm not going to name the person, but they're, they're out there and, and, and things like that. Well, Paul, he, he does this post, and here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. How many know that doesn't sound like fun? A thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore... I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Now, I love reading Scripture in different versions. Have you ever done that? Different translations. And if you've not done that, I would encourage you to do it. Sometimes just reading the same scripture in different versions will give you different perspective and speak to you in different ways. And so I want to read this, the same passage in the message paraphrase, all right? Because sometimes this just makes it really real. All right, so let's read it again. Here's what it says in the message version. So I wouldn't get the big head, I was given the gift 
of a handicap. That's what you call it, right? The gift of a handicap. Some of us have a different name for it. To keep me in constant touch with my limitations. He says, I, I, I learned to trust Jesus in this. Satan's angel did his best to get me down, but what he did, in fact, was push me to my knees. No danger, then, of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit, notice this, I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. How many need Christ to take over, right? You need him to take over. Take over in your marriage. Take over in your kids. Take over in your finances. How many you'd admit today, I think my biggest problem is, is I need God to take over. Now listen, he didn't want this. He prayed three times for God to take it away. And God could have. The God who is able to raise the dead could pull a thorn out, right? The God who can raise the dead, listen, he can, he can take care of your headache. That, that's not too big for him. Your, your situation, your circumstances, your chronic pain, your whatever it is, your child with a disease that you're like, why did they... Does this happen to them? And, and you know, are you trying to get ahead and for a month you're doing well and then something breaks or something happens and you're right back where you were before. And, and you're like, why is this going on? What, what, what is happening? Look at what Paul says in Colossians 3.12. He talks about this somewhere else. He says, God has given us the power to endure whatever comes our way with a good attitude. Now notice he didn't say God gives us the power to escape. That's not what he said. He says the power to endure it. How many would like him to give you the power to escape it? <laughs> right? But sometimes what he gives is the power to endure it but listen, here's how you know it's his power, because you do it with a good attitude, right? If you did it in your strength, it wouldn't be a good attitude. How many are honest today? Just this week, maybe, a little bad attitude came out. How many know this is good preaching today, right? This is, this is, 
This is where I, I, I need this, all right? So you, you guys see it as an opportunity to grow. And often to do that, you have to pre-decide. This is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I, the alarm just went off, but I've decided this is the day he's made. I'm going to rejoice through this day. Yes, my back's still hurting. Yes, my head's still throbbing. Yes, I've still got that same boss. He's still alive. <laughs> hey, and everything's going wrong. And, and, and yeah, I got a flat tire today. But this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. Don't let the devil steal your joy. You got to decide that, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to make it through this. And you know what people do? People say, how did you do that? How did you make it through that loss? You know, they, they let you go after over 30 years. What did you do to them on the way out the door? I smiled and said, thank you. How did you do that? I didn't do it in my power. I didn't do that in my strength. I didn't do that with my attitude. It was his attitude coming up in me. Paul says somewhere else, he says, let this attitude be in you, that one of Jesus. And, and if we would allow this to happen, let me tell you something. I believe people will notice. And when you say, you know what? I believe God's still on the throne. Yes, I lost my job. Yes, I lost my parent. Yes, I lost my spouse. Yes, I lost my money. Yes, I lost this. I lost that. Whatever it is you've lost and oh, whatever, however bad the pandemic's been to you. And I know it's awful and whatever. And there's, I, I realize that. But let me tell you something. God is still on the throne today and he is still able to make a way even where there seems to be no way. I heard about this wealthy man who, uh, he was kind of eccentric, very eccentric as a matter of fact, and he was going to throw this party and he did weird stuff. And so he decided to, to put in the pool sharks and, and some alligators and, and so he does this, and he invites everybody over for the party, and he says, I'll tell you what, anybody who can swim across to the other side, I'll give you whatever you ask for. And so he walks away, everybody gets back to the party, and he heard a splash, and he turned around, and sure enough, there's a guy in the pool swimming and he's swimming in between the sharks and, and, and kicking back the alligators and everything. And, and frantically, he gets to the other side and hops out with his eyes great big. And the rich man comes over to him and says, my gosh, wow, I've never seen somebody so brave in all my life. He says, that was incredible. Like I said, what do you want? I'll give it to you. He says, what I want more than anything else is the name of the person who pushed me in. <laughs> Here's my point. 
Sometimes circumstances have a way of pushing you in. It wasn't your choice. It wasn't something you wanted. You didn't feel like you deserved it. You didn't ask for it, but somehow, some way, you find yourself in the midst of a shark tank. You find yourself in the midst of trouble, and you think, why is it happening to me? Let me tell you something. It's not time to quit. It's a time to keep on swimming and keep on moving and keep on having a good attitude. Feel a spirit of Nemo today, right? Just keep swimming. See, Joseph, Joseph, he's in a pit. And it's like, what? I didn't deserve this. I'm a good kid. But then he got into a palace. And then he gets accused of sexual impropriety that he didn't commit. Remember, he ran. But he wound up in prison. And that's not right. I don't deserve this. I was falsely accused. But instead of moaning, groaning, griping, complaining, he said, God still has a plan for my life. It's not over yet. And somehow, some way, I want to let somebody know the pit just has a way of taking you to the palace. The prison even can take you to the palace. You may be in the pit today. You may be in prison today. You may be wherever you are today and you think, how, how could God use this? Let me tell you something. God specializes in taking difficult situations and turning them for his glory. He does. He does. The Spirit helps us, the Bible says, in our weakness. And we know, Paul says, that in all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God works. I love that song that we sing, he's working even when I don't see it. He's working even when I don't feel it. He's working even in the morning. He's working. He's working when I'm asleep. He's working when I'm awake. He's working all day long. He's always working. How is he working? He's working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's who he is. That's who he is. So we focus on who God is. So if you're going through something difficult today, if you're going through just incredible circumstances that like Paul says, they just seem crushing. And it's just like, I just can't take one more thing in my life. Here's what I want you to know, that God will never give you more than he can handle. That's the promise. He'll never give you more than he can handle. And in the situation, he can show his presence because when you're in the fire, you better look around. There's somebody else in there with you. When you're in the deep waters, there's somebody in there with you. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I don't fear any evil. Why? Because you're with me. He's with you in the fire. He's with you in the flood. He's with you 
in the difficulty. It's not, I got to be stronger. Paul said, no, I got to be weaker. I've got to realize that in my weakness, he is strong. And you can rest in the reality that no situation is bigger than God can handle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you made a way out of temptations, first of all. We don't have to succumb to the tempter. We, we can run. We can choose. We can walk away. And so, God, thank you that you can do that for somebody this morning. You can help them to see there's a, there's a trap door. There's a, there's, an, there's a window. There's a door. There, there's somewhere to get out of that situation. But, God, when it comes to suffering and pressure and difficulties, God, you, you may keep us there. Because in those situations, we can learn to trust you more. And your strength can be made perfect in our weakness. And so today, some of us, we don't want to be moaners, gripers, complainers. We, we don't want to wallow in the situation. God, we want to step out. We want to step out and have a good attitude through everything that we may be going through today. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Craig, that's exactly my, my life. I, I don't want to have a bad attitude. I want to have a good attitude. Whatever you're going through, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever circumstance, whatever situation you may be encountering right now, and it may seem like it's backbreaking. It may seem like it's too tough or whatever. I, I want you to know today God's with you, and if God's with you, who can be against you? And so if you need to believe that for yourself this morning, would you just raise your hand up right now and say, yeah. Yeah, I'm going through something. I'm believing God is with me. Yeah, hands all over this room online. Just stretch your hand toward the screen right now. Father in heaven, I pray for every person who's going through some stuff. God, I pray especially for the one that maybe this week just, just almost didn't even get here today. They almost didn't tune in today because they just felt so overwhelmed. But God, I just speak into their life your power, your presence, because God, you're greater than any circumstance we're going through. And just like Joseph, if we'll do the right thing, in the end, in the end, we'll win. And so God, I pray that you'll just help them to be encouraged today because I know that you promise you'll never leave us You'll never forsake us. You'll go with us even to the end of the world. While we're still praying, there may be someone in this service, just like in the last service, that maybe the situation is you've tried to get your way to heaven. And let me just tell you, that doesn't work. You know, God's a perfect God for one thing. And and I can't be perfect enough. I don't know about you. I, I just... I can't be perfect enough. I, I can't earn heaven on my own. And God knew that. 
He knew I needed help. He knew you needed help. And so here's what God did 2,000 years ago. He sent his own son to pay the price for our sins, to be a sacrifice for us so that we could receive what we don't deserve, and that's grace. And we get that, the Bible says, through Jesus. And so today, if you need Jesus, if you need a Savior, if you need forgiveness, if you need confidence that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven, and it wouldn't be because of how good you are, it'd be because of how good he is. And you want to be able to trust in his goodness, not in your goodness. That's what I'm talking about. If you need God in that way, would you just raise up a hand right now and say, yes, that's me, yeah. Hands in this room, online, just type decided. The word decided in the chat. And listen, we're going to pray for you and believe God to come into your life and change you today. Listen, he wants to. He wants to. Let's pray this prayer. Everybody pray this prayer so that those around you will pray it that need it especially. Pray after me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me to be heaven's sacrifice for all of my sin. I know I've sinned, and I want to start over. So today I accept Jesus as my Savior. And from this moment forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and giving me a new life in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who prayed that prayer. So awesome, not only in this room, but people online uh, today accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. Thank you for your prayers that make that happen.